Now, we haven't even wrapped up the school year, which is a total write-off, and already we're starting to hear rumblings that if kids aren't vaccinated or schools don't get proper ventilation, it could, you know, shut down yet another in-school learning year. And that rhetoric should not even be a thing, and parents should not be putting up with it. We've got vaccinations moving at warp speed. Kids have not been getting this and spreading it through the schools. The only conversation we should and need to be having is getting kids back in class and caught up on the months of lost work. And there's a couple of interesting uh, studies. So the Ontario Student Trustees Association, this is an independent, nonpartisan body made up of students, have weighed into this nationwide study that took a pulse of how high school kids across the country are doing and viewing the current state of education. Overwhelmingly, kids at the high school level say their mental health has suffered and they've fallen behind. That's not a newsflash. Paul Bennett is director of Schoolhouse Consulting. He's also the author of State of the System, a reality check on Canada's schools, and he, he visits with us every other week on a segment we call State of Education. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you? Well, I mean, as a parent, I certainly am a little bit alarmed to hear when we start hearing things like, well, you know, until we've got proper ventilation in, that that could be a problem, or what if kids aren't vaccinated, whatever. We should not be, in my mind, looking for excuses not to get kids in school, and yet I'm afraid we're starting to see that conversation. Getting kids back to class in September 2021 is mission critical in Ontario and elsewhere but more so in Ontario because, as you know, you've had kids out of school in online learning or various forms of uh, home learning for 26 weeks uh, over the whole period of the pandemic, more than any other province. And so uh, we shouldn't be listening to the fears. We need to get to work and make sure that school can open safely and provide the best possible environment for kids in September. I've got a few ideas and a few suggestions as to how we get there, if you are interested in hearing. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is um, we have very, very old, crumbling schools. And so if it's not a new school, the chances of it having brand new ventilation, albeit they've had 18 months to do this, likely not all schools are going to have exactly what the unions and exactly what the uh, immunologists want to have. But, but how do you suggest it can be done? There are three critical issues that need to be addressed squarely. One, the transmission rates and the cases have to be lower than they've been. That is critical. That's a benchmark that we need to meet. Um, 3% transmission rate would be ideal. We should be aiming for that. Everyone has an interest in that. Secondly, the vaccination rates have to be 75% or so. So there's a reasonable um, chance that we can do it and it will be permanent, and it won't be subject to pivoting from one version of schooling to another. And third, and I think most important, is, um, is what is called the healthy schools uh, aspect of this. And it breaks down into uh, basically five elements. Healthy classrooms, following yeah. safe practices, healthy buildings, breathing air that is cleaner than it's been, with reasonable uh, access to open air and perhaps even air conditioning, healthy policies, building a, a culture of health, safety, and shared responsibility, healthy schedules, moving between rooms and locations and ensuring that we continue to have those protocols, and something else, we need to build in more healthy activities, enjoying uh, the outdoor, making better use of it, and modified activities. But all of this to say 
the whole purpose of this is to get the kids back so that they can recover on that lost learning because there's been a dramatic loss. One thing the survey shows is just how bad trimester or quadmesters have been for high school students. Uh, it mm. is the most, uh, I would say, destructive aspect of this is all those school boards going to the quadmester system for uh, 2021 and mm -hmm. proposing it for 2122. Just to give you an idea, how many students can sustain interest and engagement over 150 minutes for yeah. no, two they periods a day? Um, yeah. In math, it's devastating because they miss months and months of math. Uh, because mm -hmm. they're not likely to take it for one of those um, one of those periods, and you can miss up to a year of math uh, if yeah. you take uh, if you fall into one of those cycles of choices. Having said that, students are students are weighing in, and they are not in favor of quadmesters. No, they're not. And let me just step in there. Nine percent. Yeah, let me let me they were hold on. Let me take you back. I want to go back before we go into the, pla the these these studies, because I know as an elementary uh, student, my son, I mean, the teachers have said we've, we've reduced the courses. We're trying to rush them through. They're, they're not even doing a proper curriculum as it is, and it's not quadmestered. So all kids are being robbed of valuable um, education just because they're trying to keep them pushed through to the next grade. And that's got to stop. Um, but when you talk about these these kind of nationwide studies, you're, you're referring to something called the WISE survey. And this is a online tutoring platform. They surveyed high school kids right across this country. And as as you talk about, when you see what they have, and I think some of the findings are very interesting, 65% not happy with the quadmester because it moves too fast, as you cited. 70% say they've fallen behind. But 60% said, yes, we'll go to summer school. But again, it's not really being talked about. No, because that, again, requires a tremendous amount of focused energy, laser-like focus on uh, what we've discussed many times, which is learning loss. And if you're continuing to believe that uh, kids will um, find their own ways, find, and um, you basically are saying that it'll be social promotion. Right. Yeah. Well, the bottom Find line the is... default position. But it's always yeah. been the default position. It's just simply not good enough right now. Yeah, but it speaks volumes when you've got kids across this country saying, we definitely want to go to summer school. They're eager, they're willing, and you've got this bureaucracy that has no interest in taking what seems to be like a step forward and saying, look, we are going to sacrifice too to get the kids caught up. And I think that's a real problem. And one of the conversations I do hear with a lot of parents is that we, what, what conversation is not happening is how are we properly going to get these kids um, you know, caught up? Um, what we are hearing is that they're just going to go through despite the fact that a lot of them might not be ready for the next grade. No, that's very, very true. But um, the reality is we have to get them back. We have to get them back to something approaching normal. We have to get back on track because we're so far from that now that there's been regression everywhere. So it's gone from, um, you know, it would be uh, critical to have, um, say, tutoring uh, for a couple of weeks to it's so critical now. We have to put the system back together. It's a whole new world. The school system is not going to look like it was, it did, and there are going to have to be some significant changes. And I think we have to be prepared, you know, and I've written a piece for the all the New Brunswick papers that comes out tomorrow on um, air ventilation in schools. 
And uh, there's no question that by, say, 2050, we're going to have to have all schools air-conditioned or significantly improved because of climate change and a variety of other things. I, I believe that is a huge issue, and it's not union politics or anything. It probably makes better sense. There's also a new survey, a, um, a new uh, study, which proves conclusively that the, the heat uh, in classrooms and hot conditions produce lower student achievement. Uh, that's the brand new study out of the United States that I, I've uh, gone through. And yeah. it really is a clear example of not much is accomplished in the hot days of September or in June anyway. So I, I think we might as well deal with it for two reasons. We've got carbon um, dioxide issues in schools. We've got air ventilation problems. And now we've got COVID and the possibility that we're going to go through this all again I think that's long-term planning. Most important thing is the short-term planning to get schools back in operation, but there's a longer-term issue here. Yeah, well, first and foremost, we just got to get these kids back in school. We haven't even dealt with the lead in the water. So step-by-step, baby steps. Paul, uh, I got to go. I'm up against the time, but I appreciate your uh, time on this. Thank you. Nice to be with you. Have a good day. That is uh, Paul Bennett, director of Schoolhouse Consulting. He's also the author of State of the System, a reality check on Canada's schools. And yes, a lot of the newer schools, they all have air conditioning. It's the older schools that don't. But come on, guys, get with the times.